What's going on, guys? Just a little sports recap of what's happened recently in sports. We got myself, Zach Watts, and today's guest, Caleb Carnes. Uh, the first thing we're going to – we're just going to dive right on into it. The first thing we're going to talk about is some Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher beef that happened recently. Um, Jimbo started calling out – who? wait, who started it originally? It was it was Saban that started it originally, right? Um. Yeah, they had a meeting. So some of the background was um, they released the rankings for, I guess, um, the recruitment. And Texas A&M finished in first, obviously. So when they were interviewing Nick Saban about it, they asked him. And he pretty much came out and said, oh, well, Texas A&M came out and bought all their new players through NIL deals. And um, obviously, Jimbo didn't like that at all. So Jimbo came out and said, it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. Um, despicable that somebody can say these things about somebody and more importantly, 17 year old kids, you're taking shot at kids and their families. Um, they haven't broken any state laws. They haven't done anything. Um, we never bought anyone. No rules were broken and nothing was done wrong. Um, so that's kind of like how it started. And then obviously say didn't like that. He said we were second last year and now AM's first this year, they bought every player. They made a deal for their name, image, and likeness. We didn't do that. We didn't do anything, apparently, quote unquote. You know, it's always like he shit. He said, she said battle. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to say you never bought anyone ever, I already don't believe you. Um, I feel like stipends and buying players have kind of always been a part of college football, whether it be under the table or now over the table. It really makes no big difference to me. Um, people are just going to go to the biggest names where they make the most money anyway. So if they want to have a little kid fight i know they have a relationship prior but um i don't know i feel like it's kind of childish just settled on the field see who's better yeah my thing on it is is saban came at him first and it's it's i i i don't really like when saban goes after people because he's kind of supposed to set a precedent like i'm better than everyone i don't care about everyone but for some reason this really bothered him and i think the reason it bothered him is one he's losing a recruitment battle and when he's alabama he's used to just giving a kid a scholarship and they take it because it's Alabama. Like they don't have to do a lot of recruiting. You hear stories all the time of his recruiting meetings being like 10 seconds long because he's just Nick Saban. So I think losing that is hurting him. And I think it's also frustrating that it's to an assistant coach that he used to, he used to have. And everyone knows his, his history against his assistant coaches are very, very, it's like, it's like what 20 wins to two losses or something like that. And both those losses came this season. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, against, Jimbo specifically, uh, Jimbo was 0-1 at Florida State, and now he's only 1-3 at Texas A&M. So he's 1-4 overall, and he still doesn't have a winning record. I think that the reason it pisses him off, too, is because, like, that was – they lost to them this year, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, for sure. Like, that definitely – but I stand with Nick Saban, bro. Like, he can say whatever he wants, bro. He beats everybody. He beats everybody. So mm-hmm. – and Jimbo's had talent in the past. Like, that he always – Texas A&M – been loaded pretty much like the whole time he's been there like they have all the facilities all the money and like he still hasn't done anything crazy over there and like Nick Saban speaks for himself like he that's his his recruiting thing is 10 seconds long he just probably shows up his hand he's got five rings uh, you want to come win you want to go to the league he has his like resume where he sends so many people to the league and everyone in that that goes to Bama that's in the league is like they're freaking studs like they're all pros they freaking go to the pro bowl like so like his resume speaks for itself so he can really say whatever he wants to me but it still was a little like yeah like he he's salty for sure he's yeah. salty yeah so i think uh 
another thing that they noted in the athletic article, even though they didn't name the coach. Um, so an unnamed SEC coach said that everyone just kisses Saban's ass. But now they kind of like sense like eye shifting, like no one's really like kissing his ass anymore, even though I don't know. Like, I get why they'd say that, like kissing his ass, because, I mean, if you're legacy and your resume is that deep you kind of have the right to say whatever the fuck you want like yeah. no one can really check you and i feel like just because like this recruitment has given other teams like this hype of they have better recruiting classes like you still haven't proven anything on the field but <clears throat> like, you can recruit exactly as much as you want. i i don't know if you'll still be able to out coach him like that man is a yeah. master Sure. And the thing is, too, is about their recruits. It's not like it's not like Texas A&M blew Alabama out of the water. They got one kid yeah. that, that decided their classes. And a lot of those kids are just a matter of opinion. Like they're higher ranked on other things. They're right. It's like it's not like they blew them out of the water. And also, I think another reason that's frustrating uh, Saban is because he it's it's harder for him to adapt to these new ways. This is a, the NIL deal and this stuff. That's a younger coach's game. It's not an yeah. old coach's style. And I think that's something that's frustrating Saban. But like both you guys said, I still think Alabama is going to mop Texas a and I they're, hope they do. I don't like yeah, Jimbo. Yeah, I hope they slaughter them. Like they're, they're a minus 1,000 favorite right now. 1,000. <laughs> Bro, when I was at Bama, I went there my freshman year, and you walk past the like the dorms at the football player stat. Bro, they're all driving like Charger, Dodge Chargers, yeah. like Challengers, like Hellcats. You're like, oh, like, like everyone's – and especially the SEC, everyone is paying – some something they're getting something especially yeah. in bama you know that those boys are getting treated right so like sure. that's another reason why he's pissed because like now everyone can kind of like Do there's like some wiggle ro- there's there's some wiggle room to like yeah. get certain certain perks that he had before where he was like oh like the boosters were blessing him and now it's like out of his hands now we're like everyone can kind of do their own thing no so. i agree and i think the thing is with jimbo is like obviously me and zach diehard florida state fans um he won that national title and like everyone started gassing up his resume but if you if you go and you like actually looked at it, the, the kids he won the national title with was Bowden's last recruiting class. It was mm. Bowden's players. And and also, bro, like you could have given almost any coach in the country that team, they were gonna do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, they were so they, they were, were so, so nice. much better than every they were the best team. Like was that was that uh twenty fourteen on that team too? Jalen Ramsey's freshman year, yeah. Okay, Jalen yeah, Ramsey like James. Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Rhodes, um uh Ronald Damn. Darby. Uh, Jameis uh, Cook no Cook wasn't there yet but the backfield was like Wilder Jr. with Devontae Freeman like the team was yeah loaded Kel- every single Kelvin starter Benjamin, went to the right? NFL yeah Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin, Benjamin Rashad he was so nice the, uh, they had Connor Shaw like the whole the entire yeah they were team, unreal yeah was, was filthy but the thing is I don't think he's that good of a head coach I don't like him either so yeah I, I'm I just gonna say yeah, he sucks I don't think I still don't think he's gonna beat Bama and I think I, dude, there's a trend and everyone knows it. We all know it with college football that there's teams that for some reason, no matter what, they're gassed up and Texas A&M is them. And they're going to do the same eight and five season. They're going to do, they're going to finish eight and five or nine and four. It's just, and then, and then they're going to get another good recruiting class. And there's going to be, Oh no, but this year, but this year, but they're not, yeah. I just don't see them doing anything ever. I don't think like, Jimbo will ever win the sec ever. He'll never no. win it. Those like see like those are good years, but like when you have that good of recruiting classes, like you gotta go like mm. eleven and one, like whatever the case may be. Like you gotta at least get ten wins or more, and go to a, at least you don't even have to make the college football playoff. Like you those big bowl games, like you had a good ass year if you made it to one of those. Like you know what I'm talking about. And you oh, win that, like you're like okay, like you had a really good year. So like it's not always natty or bust, but like you gotta start like leveling up to get to those bowl games, and then like all right, college football playoff. Like you gotta like, and they're just not gonna do it. So yeah, and they're and they're a big bowl game this year. They played a super overrated UNC team. So I still haven't proved. Yeah, that's yeah. 
You know? Yeah, that team was not it. They were yeah. way overhyped too. So keeping it on college football, though, huge signing that happened. Jordan Addison's going to uh, the University of South California, Southern California. He's a two-year starter at Pitt. He was the main weapon for Kenny Pickett this season. Uh, is I mean, his, his stats speak for themselves. 2,259 receiving yards, 21 touchdowns with over 100 rushing yards, and he was a 2021 Blickenoff winner, which is the best receiver in the country. And I was telling Zach, dude, listen to this. So, so Lincoln Riley signed a fit, like officially signed dotted paper, November 28th to be the head coach for USC. Right. Since then, these are what, the, this is what they've done. Three-star offensive tackle from Virginia. They got a three-star defensive lineman from TCU. They got a two-star defensive tackle defensive lineman from San Jose state, three-star wide receiver from Washington four-star wide receiver from Colorado, five-star quarterback in Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, Mario Williams, four-star wide receiver from Oklahoma. They got a three-star defensive lineman from Kansas State, three-star cornerback from Colorado, three, four-star corner from Oklahoma, three-star receiver from Stanford, three-star linebacker from Alabama, three-star linebacker from Auburn, four-star running back from Oregon. Damn. Four, three-star safety from Ohio State, four-star linebacker from Arizona State, three-star linebacker from Utah, three-star tackle from Washington, Jordan Addison. And then they just got a two-star defensive lineman from Wyoming. That's like crazy. fucking stacked. That's crazy because, like, you already know, like, now that they're in college, I don't know how old any of those guys are, but, like, once you're a certain amount of years removed from college, like, the stars really doesn't matter. So, like, now they're, like, grown men, and they've already played college football. So, like, that's, like, a huge up for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not, like, 18-year-olds coming in. Like, they're grown-ass men. They've been in the – they've already been in the trenches, and they've played. So, like, those are, like – that's a lot of – that's a lot of – uh, gets right there Dude, and that doesn't even talk about the recruits he signed yeah the recruits that's like that's just, that's just that's just straight transfer portal they're mm-hmm. see they're stacked bro but i feel like that they're kind of in the same as like texas a&m or like texas because like they always are uh or like miami bro like they're always like oh are they back like is this the good old days we'll see they could be they could be but like we'll see. i don't know i mean that's how they're always hyped i don't know I'm, I feel like I'm always going to be a hater now, especially of Lincoln Riley, like how he did his whole situation. Like, oh, I have a fucking keen. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, it, like, to, it's one thing to say one thing, but then to blind, blindly go around and do the exact opposite. Like, I don't know how any of those players have any faith in him. Like, they are literally just star chasing. Like, I mean, I'll admit it's probably – the best for their situation. Like you're going under a proven head coach. You're just trying to set yourself up for the future, but that is not the environment I want to be in, especially now because anyone that has played for Lincoln Riley that doesn't play for him now definitely has a target on his back. Like they want to go out there and whoop his ass. So USC has an infinitely harder schedule than they thought they did right up, right out of the gates. Um, I haven't looked at their schedule for this upcoming season. Um, pretty cake. But I, it's pretty cake. It's pretty cake. It's pretty cake. I'm gonna pull it up just to be the exact. Pac-12 is weak though. Yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. them in Oregon. It's them in Oregon. Yeah. But the thing, the thing about the Pac-12 that always surprises me is every fucking year there's some Pac-12 game where it's like, oh, in a 59 to 53 yeah. fucking double over. Bro, they don't even play Oregon. Their schedule. What, is what the fuck? They host Rice, then they then they play at Stanford. They host Fresno State, which is honestly their hardest game. Then they're what? at Oregon State. They host Arizona State, host Washington State, play at Utah. That's that's their hardest game. That's tough. Then they're at Arizona, host Cal, host Colorado, at UCLA, and finish the season ho- uh, ho- hosting Notre Dame. 
Notre Dame I, sucks too. Those are those are cakewalks. If they don't, if they that, don't that, win, that is one of the easiest Power Five schedules right there. If they don't win ten games, like they they they're sorry as hell, bro. And then, they don't then win. we talked about that it. Happen? We talked about it on the last pod with Jalen. You dude, and I, I'm a firm believer by this, and I will die by this every day. When it comes to sports, it's it's too hard to have success in a big city. There's too many distractions. You're getting all these young kids that come from that come from not good backgrounds or they come extremely poor, then you give them, you, you throw them in LA and you throw all this money in their face and all these hot girls and all these celebrities. There's a reason why there's always trends of UCLA when they were with Jim Mora having back to back to back to back top five classes and then losing half those recruits before they graduate. <laughs> they, can't, they can't fucking stay there. They, they get too much and there's no that support. And I understand the belief is like, look, Lincoln Riley's going to come in. He's going to change everything. They're going to start winning and the culture is going to come. You can't – that's not how that works. That's not how that works. You use the culture to build your program, okay? Yeah, they're going to be really fucking talented, but I still don't think that they're going to get the support from a college, like a college town. Yeah, was, the, the college town is nice. Like, I was thinking about, like <laughs> – Sorry. I'm a Michigan fan, so, like, I was just thinking about, like, Ann Arbor. Like, that's a good college town and, like, a good city. So, like – and you can't really – like, what are you really going to do out there, like, compared to, like, L.A.? Like, yeah, you're going to go fucking nuts in L.A. Exactly. You and can't I go nuts in, like, a lot of these – you're not going to get the support and you see it with USC, you see it with, with Miami, you see it with Las Vegas. Like it, you, it's just, you can't, you can't. And I don't think he's going to be able to. And there's actually a picture of their spring game and Oklahoma spring game. And they only sold like 30,000 tickets for a hundred thousand dollars, hundred, hundred, excuse me, 30,000 people tickets for a hundred thousand person stadium. And Oklahoma's was sold yeah. out, you know, like it's stuff like that. And it's just, I, I think Lincoln Riley is a damn good coach. I mean, look what he did at Oklahoma. And I think that um, I think he has an unbelievably talented team. I don't think they ever win anything big. I don't. Yeah, I think it's all. It's like an NCAA team. It's like it's like the video game team. Like they look great, but they can't win a dogfight. They just can't. Yeah, I don't see. That's kind of surprising with like the big area names always having issues keeping recruits because they have all the distractions. But then I look at Florida State. Like yeah, Florida State's in the middle of like nowhere, Tallahassee, but. Like they literally party every fucking day. Like, how do you survive at Florida no, State? But it's not. That place is different. It's, it's the that surrounding. Nice. It's the surrounding of everything else, though. It's like the yeah. partying you can structure. You can, if it's just bars and hop, you can structure that. But it's when you're playing for USC and you're going to Dunkin' Donuts and there's three movie stars just in line with you, you know, yeah. or like all these models are blowing you up. Like that's not happening in, in Tally. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, A-list celebrities living in Tallahassee. And like those yeah. like high class like strip clubs, like who knows what they're all doing? Like, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, nuts. There's kids that definitely fall in the loophole partying in Florida State, but it's a lot. It's still not Los Angeles. Like, it's still it's a not. different environment too. Like, and and like those college towns. Like, if you're on the football team and stuff, you get like certain like privilege. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can like oh like they kind of look out for you or something like a little bit. But like, yeah, in LA, like no one gives a fuck. Like you're just, yeah. Well, there's that safety and there's like always. Yeah, exactly. It's like exactly. Nick Saban's so successful at Alabama is because he could kill a guy and the police wouldn't rat on him. Like there's just like, and that's what it is in Tally. Like those, like people will be like, yo, like Jabez, get out of here. Go go back, go to sleep. You got practice tomorrow. Like in LA, they don't give a shit. There's no, there's no culture. Yeah. Yeah. How about just like a collective like fuck you to the state of California? Because I just like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. You, yeah. Get that off my chest, and then um, yeah, Lincoln Riley. I hope you never win a fucking national championship. USC. Um, mm-hmm. 
you never deserve shit, especially after taking Reggie Bush's Heisman shit. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, how how that hasn't been reinstated, complete bullshit to me. Well, he so, tried. He tried. They told him no. No, I, I know. Yeah, I know. So. Like, did he not do everything for your school? Oh, now that NIL is legal, you still can't bring that back? Like, yeah. It, okay. It's completely okay to say, like, yeah, that was wrong. But you can still acknowledge something being wrong and then reinstate it. Like, yeah, I know. I, like he was make it right. They can make it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's still right, an I unbelievable know. football player at the end of the day. Like if he were to play it anywhere in the fucking country during his time, he would have been the most dominant running back we've ever seen. Like that man was college football for his time. He made NCAA what it was. But uh, it's so it's it's annoying. Bro, you see. could use the same. You could talk about the same scenario with uh, the baseball player with freaking Barry Bonds. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's the same thing. They could have been like, yeah, he fucked up. But like, look, all these other guys fucked up. We let them in. We will let them in. Yeah, that's yeah. That is bullshit, too. I didn't even I forgot about that. Bro, and what's crazy about the Barry Bond situation, I know this is like completely awful. We were talking about (laughs) is, bro, it wasn't like the man was hitting no nukes and then started hitting nukes. No, he was already hitting nukes. And now he's hitting them a little further. He you was know, an yeah. all-star and gold lover before being on roids. He was still like a perennial fucking player for his time. And then literally everyone else was taking roids and being fucking amazing. So why would you not be like, hey, I'm going to do the same shit and be fucking just as good. Like, I'm going to even the playing field. And the thing is, is back then, what fucking kills me is everyone knew everyone was on roids. It was MLB like, kind of like nudged it. They were kind of like, mm, you know, you I mean, dude, you, yeah, do it. Yeah, you want to, you want to compare it? You want to? No, but dead ass though, they were because they were getting no views. The sport of baseball was dying, so they were like, we got to do something. So they were like, it's still dying. No, let's start hitting nukes. Like, you know, it'd be kind of cool if we just got nukes on TV all day. And then they yeah. did. They didn't say nothing about it, and they were like. Oh, look, now everyone's watching baseball. <laughs> you, you say, like, oh, look how bad steroids is. This man doesn't get caught, and instead it owns up like a fucking man. And he's like, I took steroids. I'm sorry. And, and yeah. said he did it instead of getting caught. And now you're like, fuck you. But you're going to let all these other guys that get caught and, like, lied about it, and you're going to let them in? Yeah. And then uh, what was I going to say? It was like with the whole, like, Barry Bonds – situations like taking roids like you want to compare it to another sport look at the ufc when the ufc first started like it was to no surprise that every fucking fighter was roided out of their mind fighting but did any of the fans complain fuck no we just wanted <laughs> to see people murder each other the sport the was fans like want roids they yeah, want we, people to kill each yeah, other dude, we we watch sports to see the pinnacle of athleticism we want to see the best athletes like uh, okay i get if you're a purist you'd be like oh well i want everyone to be equal like if like everyone shouldn't risk their lives going on roids. Cause like, we don't know how safe it is. Like, yeah, I get it. You want to even the playing field, whatever. But when they're that, if everyone's fucking doing it, you can't punish just like a certain few. You yeah. Can't you can't pick and pick choose who gets in trouble and who you want to like represent your sport. Like it, it doesn't make sense. And like, if you're gonna make changes with the times, like it's okay to acknowledge like mistakes you've made in the past, but don't punish them for the mistakes that, you're just now acknowledging as mistakes. Like it, when he did it, it wasn't as much of a mistake as he, as it would have been as if he were to be to do it now, if that makes sense. And it, and like, you look at the Pete Rose situation, like Pete Rose, like, I know this isn't on steroids, but this is just money. Dude, he bet on himself to win games. He didn't take any drugs. He didn't. Well, same with Calvin Ridley too. Like he just got fucked. Yeah. Like, 
Man didn't take any roids, literally just bet on himself. And they were like, oh, you are the biggest sin to baseball. Like, <laughs> dude, we have pitchers in the MLB who pimp slap their girlfriends with pistols and shoot shots at them. And you, they get paid millions of dollars to continue to do that. They still yeah, Cal- do that. I think Calvin Ridley, like his suspension, like compared to like, I feel like Ray Rice, like something, some one of those dudes Ray, that just beat the I, shit out I'm, of somebody. I'm pretty sure Ray Rice, I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'm pretty sure it was less than half a season expansion and there is literally a video of him knocking the fuck out of a woman beating the shit out of her yeah and calvin ridley got a whole year for put for placing a parlay on the fucking thousand dollars thousand dollars like what the fuck a grand grand. i i know i know kids in college who make literally less than one percent of what calvin makes and they drop more on parlays than fucking yeah 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 like oh that's such a joke it's just dumb bro like like you should be uh, it's just like how how is it allowed for some now listen 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 if if ridley was betting like uh on, on against himself or against his team i'm completely I said, yeah, against that me too i'm fine but, with that then but how how come other. someone else can say grayson fisher is going to win first round knockout throw a fucking million on me and then i get it and then they can win money off of my win but i can't but yeah, I that's can't. whack if you're if you're like if you're throwing money on yourself to win and shit, I think that's cool. But like obviously if he's playing and like bet, like say he was playing and bets on the other team, like okay, bro, like that's fucked. Like you got your something's got to happen. But if you're putting money on your team to win, like why the why the fuck can't you do that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But going back to the Barry Bonds thing real quick, uh, the reason why look, I am completely against steroids, and I'm I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm I'm all natural in what I do. Like I support, I think everyone, I'm one of those purists. Like I think it should be like that, but we can't acknowledge that everyone was doing it. And also when it comes to the sport of baseball, it's all eye hand watching, catching, reading a pitch, knowing the pitch, regardless if he's on steroids or not, it's not going to make him read a pitch better and get contact better. Yeah. It doesn't, that doesn't make like, it's not like football where like you can now start like driving D linemen. Yeah. Like, like running faster shit. Exactly. And, like, hitting that the fuck that out of is very impactful. Now, listen, is he hitting balls that maybe wouldn't have been home runs into home runs? Maybe a few, but he was still hitting home runs, and it doesn't change. You're not going to take – you can give me all the steroids in the world. You could juice me up right now with with tests, with everything. I'm not going to be able to read a 99 mile – like, I'm still not going to hit a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. It's just yeah. not going to change. Or, like, be able not, to fucking throw someone out from right field to home. Exactly. It's not like, going to change. Like, it's not going to change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it, it's especially hard when your sport isn't like that physical like they say baseball is like 90 percent mental so like when you bring a physically altering drug into it it's kind of hard to see now if you look at chris davis's situation where he had like an mvp season signed a record-breaking deal the year after and then come to find out they look into him a little more and they're like oh yeah you're prescribed adderall but you're taking more than you're allowed they take away his adderall and he becomes statistically the worst hitter to ever step foot in a batter's box. You know, in my personal opinion, Adderall affects you more than steroids in baseball. In baseball. Uh, um, really? No, in baseball. Dude, I, I played one game on Adderall, and I didn't even, like, mean to do it. I took a test <laughs> in school, and it la- like it lasted throughout the test. We went to we went to a pr- – I didn't play the game. It was a practice. We went to a practice after. When I hit on that Adderall, I have never seen the baseball so clearly in my entire life. It feels like the world around you is just moving a little bit slower. Like, it just mm. feels like everything is a little more, like, calmed down. Like, things aren't, like, getting on you as quick. It, 
it slows the pace of play. And I feel like for baseball, that's the biggest thing between like skill gaps. Like when we interview all these football players, we always ask them like, Oh, what's the difference between like high school, college and pros. And they always say it's the speed of the game. Like everything just speeds up. Like everyone's after things are going to catch up on you. And then I feel like, especially for baseball, you take an Adderall where you allow your mental to really like hyper-focus. You're allowed to really concentrate on certain things. You are fucking locked in. And if you're locked in, you are one of the most dangerous players on the field, especially on an enhancing drug like Adderall. Like I understand some people need it. There's prescriptions. There's a reason it's a, no, but I, we're talking about using it specifically as a PED. Like, like if you're yeah. not prescribed, that's exactly yeah. like, it, like if you need it and you take it, that just makes you normal. That doesn't, yeah. yeah. But if you're like, uh, like I'm not someone that needs it. If I took it, like the way I look at it, I've never, I've never played the sport of baseball, but the way I'm looking at it as a, as a fan and as someone that follows the sport of baseball, I feel like one, when I'm hitting, it's going to keep me more. Fo- it's going to one, I'm not going to hear the fans as much. Cause I'm going to be so dialed into the picture Two, I feel like I'm going to be, understanding and trying to uh, like learn the pitch count and like figure out what he's throwing at me better as well as seeing the ball clear. And I feel like also it might impact you more in the field of play also, because like what you're in the outfield Zach and you're playing, there's hundreds of pitches being thrown. Like you're, there's going to be a pitch or two where you're just like kind of zoned out versus if I'm on Adderall, I'm, I'm focused every single pitch. Like yeah, I'm yeah. ready for every single pitch. And I feel like that's just versus steroids. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna hit the ball a little harder, but I'm not going to be as dialed in. And, and like you said, it's so much more mental. I feel like the focusness of Adderall is, is what changes it. Yeah. And that's another thing with baseball that I think um, might go by the casual fan is like when you're playing on a pitch to pitch basis, especially when you're super locked in, like you're not just thinking of like, oh, how am I supposed to like play this ball? If it's like hit right at me, like you have to think about like, oh, this is in the gap. Like, who am I supposed to back up? Like, who am I supposed to throw on the cutoff? Is there a guy on first, second? Is he going to? Is he the type of runner that, like, if there's a softer hit ball to the outfield, is he going to try to make the play at home or is he going to try to lighten up at third? Is the hitter going to try to stretch it into the two? Like, these are all things that you are constantly trying to, like, think about in order to make the right play. And on Adderall, I feel like you are able to go through all these, like, hypothetical events way more quickly and you're able to diagnose, like, what you need to do, like, a lot faster. When I when I was on Adderall, I feel like the only thing that really, like, changed for me was – uh, my decision making like my initial thought like I like I felt like it was the right decision and your confidence is there if you feel like you're making the right decision your confidence is going to be there and you're going to do it at 100% that you can and if you're confident in your ability then you're probably going to be able to achieve it like more more times than not and I feel like since baseball is a huge mental game if you have that confidence and you've put in the work good things are going to happen so especially for taking Adderall in a PED like manner like we're mentioning um I feel like that's definitely a bigger problem than just steroids itself. That by far. I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree. But let's move back, on. To, yeah, oh, back to uh, college football. Um, we got some opening games slated. Um, I will say just from looking at the list uh, that immediately jumped out at me, and it kind of angers me, the fact that Notre Dame is constantly mentioned as a top program oh. every year, every fucking year. They suck. And the, and the only reason we do it is because they were good back in, like, what? Fuck, they, they made a fucking movie. They made Rudy. Congratulations. <laughs> if you want fucking Notre Dame to be good again, go watch Rudy. I'm sorry. Every fucking year we do the same shit. They come out. They go through an easy-ass schedule. They wax it, have, like, one or two close games. Like, oh, yeah, we can put them in the playoff. And then Alabama beats them as a four seed, like, 45. To 10. Yeah. What, what I don't like we- Notre Dame either, man. And Ohio State's going to win this game by far, and I fucking hate Ohio State. 
Yeah. Oh, do you think Ryan yeah. Day's like, do you think Ryan Day's actually a good coach or like, do you think that he's still benefiting okay. from urban? Here's, here's what I love about. I like Ohio State, by the way. So yeah. I'm a oh. huge Florida State fan, but I respect like, like I respect dynasties and legacies. Like I can't, like I, for some reason, like I'm really drawn to him. Like if you're able to solidify a longstanding program that's able to win year in and year out, that I think is the hardest thing to do in any sport. What Ohio State does extremely well is I feel like when it was Urban, when it's Ryan Day, Coach Pryor, they have a system that works, and no matter what coach it is, they stick by it. The culture, I feel like the culture at Ohio State now has superseded the coaching. If you already have a system implemented that's successful and it works, why not adapt that? Why not just continue what you saw? Ryan Day, Ryan Day was there before he was a head coach as a assistant. He saw what the program was and what they needed to do. He knew the offensive form. He knew the playbook on both sides of the ball. He knows what they did like really well. He knows the recruits they brought in and what they do exceptionally well at as um, I guess for like the roles they need to fill out. So for him, I feel like all he needs to do is just to keep doing what they've been doing in years past. You saw the blueprint, you saw what they needed to do. Yeah, yeah you've lost some star players here and there. But your recruiting class fills out for that. You always, they always, they always, they always go nuts in recruiting too. They always, always. are bringing in dogs. I think yeah. it really helped them though that they did that they let him stay because like keeping it in house, like you said, like he already knows the playbook, he knows the culture, like that definitely helped them out. Have yeah. you talked to the Shianos about him? No, not really. I think I don't think that. Uh, I don't know how like was Ryan Day more often? He was just assistant coach because uh, wasn't uh, Shiano was Shiano was DC. Yeah, Shiano. I thought he I was. Think, I think Day was more offensive, but I, I thought Shiano was, Shiano, the, Shiano was the defense coordinator at Ohio State. Bro, I thought he was. Wasn't he? I thought he. Where was he? Like, uh, he was some like head. Like, what's it called? Oh, like associate like a, head coach. Yeah, like I thought he was that at Ohio State too. No, maybe he was. I know he was defense coordinator. He was hot. Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. They were nice as fuck. I hated when they went there because they were always talking chirping me. Yeah, around I know. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. <laughs> I know, bro. Um, but. I, I think what Zach said was exactly what it is. Like their culture is over past their coaching. Yeah, they're as nice. long as they keep it in-house, they keep the same recruits coming and they just follow the lead of what's been going on. That's never going to die out. It's they just, just gonna... always have these crazy athletes, bro. Like they, their receiving core last year was nuts. Their quarterback's fucking nuts. Their defense is always they're crazy. And I hate them. I hate them so much, but I like hate them even, so much, but even when they play like George, like they, bro, they never get blown out. Like they play everybody tough. Like, Michigan got their ass beat by Georgia. Like, Ohio State, like, plays everybody close. Whenever they make it to the playoff, like, they play everybody close, and they win big games. Like, they – I was surprised they lost LSU to and the Natty. Yeah, exactly. That team was just unreal, though. But, like, they're – yeah, they always are tough as fuck, and I hate them. But, like, that's how it is. Let's go through these games, though. Um, so, the, okay. obviously, the, the big one everyone's talking about is Oregon versus UGA. Um, Georgia coming off the of Natty. Oregon's head coach, former Georgia Dogs defense coordinator. Oh, okay. So, um, it's very like, um, I think Georgia's going to win, obviously. Me too. I think Oregon is going to keep it a lot closer than it's supposed to be, though, because also on Georgia's team, you have Bo Nix. Now, listen, I am not saying – listen to me. I am not saying Bo Nix is a great quarterback. That's not what I'm saying. But Bo Nix is known to have spurts where he upsets really fucking good teams. He's done it a yeah, lot. Yeah, but Georgia knows him, though. He's done it a Georgia lot. Georgia knows him. But he's done it a lot. He did it against it's Alabama. Like a poor man's Johnny Manziel. Yeah, exactly. But he could do it. 
He has and, that and, factor for sure. And you know, and you know that the head coach for Oregon, I, I, I'm, I don't know, remember his name. He's gonna have them ready for at least a half. The first half yeah. is not gonna be a blowout, no matter, no matter what the ending score is gonna be. They are gonna be prepared for everything that comes in the first half. Where I'm is gonna go. It's, I think it's, I think it's neutral site. I believe okay. it's neutral site. That's, that's. I, I think personally, I'm gonna go. Georgia's gonna win by 14. But okay. but like a late 14, like a seven going into the fourth quarter. I would go like a 34-17 Georgia. So like a close first half for sure. Yo, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I completely agree with the close first half. The one thing that I'm not too sure about is um especially with Pac-12 defenses, they run a lot of uneven stacks. So you kind of look like a three-three or like a three, 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 five, or even even running a three-four. Um, I don't know what system, because you said the Georgia coach is now at Oregon, right? I don't know what system he's going to try to implement. All that I know for certain is any time a Pac-12 team has tried to adopt a four-man front, it has failed miserably. Like, yeah, horrible. Have, yeah. Now, do I think if they decide to run out with a four-man against Georgia, I think that'll help them a lot more than if they were to roll out there with a 3-4 or a 3-3. Yo, but yeah. see, the only, the, the only reason I think it'll be closer, too, is one, his schemes are going to fit the defense, the offense. He knows exactly how the offense works. Um, obviously, the the deciding the factors, the trenches, because those SEC offensive linemen are going to bully the Pac-12 yeah. Pac D linemen. But my thing is is something that I feel, I feel like both of you forgot is that Stetson Bennett's the quarterback. He's he not, sucks. Exactly. And, and, and when it comes to speed, regardless of skill, the, the DBs at Oregon are going to be just as fast as the receiver for, for Georgia. Like, they're, they're, they fly. That's what they're a Pac-12 team. Like, regardless of skill, they're fast. So as long as they can keep everything downfield covered and they make it that Georgia has to beat them with the run game and make it one-dimensional, that, that, that gives Oregon their biggest hope. Now, their D linemen are going to get freaking bullied, and they're going to have to rotate their asses out. But that's, that's where I think the game's going to be won is, is Stetson Bennett. I think Stetson Bennett and Bo Nix are low-key the deciding factors in this game. Yeah. Honestly, if I were Oregon, you kind of know that Georgia is going to have to stick to the stick to the ground game, majority of the game. They're going to stick on the ground, and that's fine. They're going to use a lot of clock doing that. If you're on offense, match their pace. Match their pace. If they, if they want it to be a low-scoring game, going deep in the game, that's fine. Because at that point, you bring it into the later quarters of the game, you're going to force Bennett to throw some, ba- throw some passes. Yeah, he's going to gonna have to start to want to. Yeah, like yeah. long third downs, keep him. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to have to get in those situations. And to be honest, when it comes to clutch situations, I definitely don't trust Setson Bennett. Bennett up to this point. He hasn't proven to me anything. Now, is he – a good quarterback, yes, I saw in high school, but he just hasn't shown it recently, like especially. I still don't think he's good. He's like the worst quarterback to win a natty in the past, like, fucking 10 years. Like, he's, Yo, I, the, think, the, I think hey, he's horrible. The kid's, I dope, like dude. Him, the kid's still a dope kid, though. Like, I don't think so. I think he's hammered the next day at his interview. I think he's a nerd. But um, the only thing is, too, is, like, like look, I still think Georgia's going to win. I'm just saying I do think it's not as one-sided as people believe. Oregon beat Ohio State at Ohio that's State. What I, yeah. If Oregon, bro, if Oregon, that's because they were running the ball. If Oregon can run the ball, bro, their running back is nice, bro. That dude no, they just lost him. They just lost oh, him. What? Went to USC. Trey Davis went to USC. No, I'm talking about die. Yeah, Davis is little. He's at, he's at USC. What? Fuck. Are you sure? What's his name? I thought it was like Travis Die or Trevor. Travis Die, four star, immediately eligible. USC. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's January dumb. 14th. Yep. 
He's nice. nice as man. He's, he's, gone. he's really good. He's, gone. he's really good. Okay, yeah, then that might be wraps. Georgia, for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Notre Dame. You think Notre Dame, Ohio State will be close? Yeah, so that's the next one, right? Um, yeah, no, that's next. I, I think Ohio State beats them. Actually, I will say this. In years past, Ohio State's opening week is always oh, a fucking Yeah, yeah. it's ass show. every year. It, every yeah, it is. Open, it's way bro, too close. It, it, it kills me every year because they, they schedule, like, a not great team, but, like, a, like a good, like, just above average. But, like, going into it, you're like, all right, Ohio State should dominate. And then the same thing happens every year. First mm-hmm. half they roll out, they're down 14 going to half. And it's because, like, they had two offensive turnovers off, like, some dumb shit that they fucked. Like, it'd be like an RPO that, like, they fucked up and fumbled. It, it, yeah. some, it's some scheming that they don't have down 100%. They fuck it up. They go down 14 and a half. And then it's some crazy fourth quarter finish that, like, wraps up the week one, like, college football oh, highlights of the week. Every single fucking season, too. Right? Every year. <laughs> every single season. And what's crazy is what's crazy is it's either they lose that opening game and they say like oh like the season's over and then they make a crazy run and it's like oh do they deserve to be in the playoff yeah or it's they win that game and then they end up losing to like Penn State or Michigan at like the end of the year and it's like oh your playoff hopes are over. Yep. Yeah. No, that's pretty. I'm excited. Uh, I'm. I'm like. It's weird but Notre Dame Notre does Dame the same will. shit, bro. They should have lost. A they don't even. Notre Dame. I don't. I'm. I'm like. I don't know how they're gonna be because they just lost their coach. Like. I don't know like what like what their in-house like what's their vibe like in their like the culture and everything because like there's I I never buy into Notre Dame like they're always pretty sorry even when they're ranked high bro and I'm like I'm looking at their quarterback and I'm like this guy's not gonna win a big game or like that defense is not gonna stop fucking Georgia Ohio State Bama like there's just they just not they have good no enough. speed they have no yeah speed. like they're like they a fun they're really I feel like they're fundamental but like they just kind of suck to me Dude, I don't like them. They're like, bro. I feel like they're they're if you combined like a low. This is how I would I would look at Notre Dame. If you combine Wisconsin, if you what a good Wisconsin team, they like they're a level below them. Like they're fundamental, but like they're not. Yeah, really yeah, fast, yeah. But they're so really the, good. Yeah, exactly. So I would say they're like a they're like a a a, a five or six Big Ten team combined with like a, a two or three ACC team. Yeah, I feel like that's what Notre Dame is. Yes, I hundred percent. That makes sense. Um, yes. So I obviously don't like Notre Dame or Ohio State at all. They're like probably my two least favorite teams. Um, Me too. But I have a lot of friends that are Notre Dame fans and that go to Notre Dame, and I've talked to them about it. Like you know, just like doing like this conversation, and they all love Marcus the Marcus Freeman. That's his name. I think so. Yeah, they I feel all, like he looks he looks like a good fit. Like they I all like, like him. They all like too. him a lot. They all like him a lot. Um, uh, I just don't. I don't know anything about their team. I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. I don't know. I don't know anything. So um, I don't think they're going to – I think it's going to be a super sloppy game that's going to look close, but in reality, Ohio State's going to be pretty dominant in it. That's what I think. I think I, so, I too. Like, I like Ohio State, like, 28-17. Yeah, I don't, I'm looking at their roster. I don't know any of these guys. Yeah. None of them. I'm not – they're sorry. Predictions. predictions. Um, um, to be nice – I'm going to say Ohio State by seven, and they're probably going to, like, score, like, a touchdown with three minutes left to go ahead. Off of, like, a fumble or something. Yeah, no, no. Notre Dame is guaranteed. What's guaranteed going to happen is they're going to be, like, driving down the field, <laughs> and they're going to throw a pick at, like, the 50, even though they definitely should have ran the ball. Yeah. And then and then Ohio State's going to go immediately to, like, third and ten, like, two straight incompletions, and then you're going to have a bullshit, like, 40-yard pass, like, double coverage caught because they have, like, six-star receivers every year that come out of fucking, like, 
I don't even know. Like, they, who do they have last year? They had Garrett Wilson. They have they have they Jigba. have the Jimbo this year, yeah, and Olave. Who, who? Well, yeah, Olave last year they had Garrett Jigba. Wilson. Every year they have wide receiver talent. They're so There's good. I just don't know. Like, I don't even know who their quarterback is going into this year. CJ Stroud, bro. Stroud, yeah. Oh yeah, it is Stroud again. Yeah. Damn, dude, he's that. He was fucking insane. He's really year. good. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah, but he's going to suck in the NFL because every Ohio State quarterback does. So They like, suck. Yeah, they all fucking suck in the okay. NFL. Okay, my dude, I don't, prediction. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know why Ohio State sucks every year they get to the pros, like quarterback specifically. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, bro, you literally – Every, you every to, single dude, one, too. It's not, dude, there's not an exception. We, not an that exception. one year – that one year we won the Natty where we rolled through three quarterbacks. We literally went from That was crazy. We went we went from um What's this Barrett? we talk? What's this we talk? All right. Yeah. What's this we talk? All right. You're Florida right. State fan. Get out of here with that. Yeah. They had JT Barrett, who went down with an injury. Or no, to start the year, you had fucking Braxton Miller, who was like a top quarterback prospect. You had him switch to receiver. Just so you could have another quarterback come in. No, because he hurt his shoulder. Because he hurt his oh, shoulder. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they were like, so he's he too Barrett. good of an athlete. He's yeah. too good of an athlete to keep Well, he hurt his shoulder, and they were like, look, there's no point in you trying to hurt it again or anything. And, like, you're a better wide receiver. So, in, in that way, when you're a coach, you want your 11 best people on the field. Putting yeah. him and having JT, even though maybe Braxton was a little bit better at quarterback, that's, that gave him their 11 best, though. Yeah. yeah. And then JT got hurt with a knee injury. He went down. I forget who came in after him. Cardell Jones, baby. No, no, no there was no, a no. There was one, one more. There was who one was more. It? There was because oh. Cardell only came in in the in the fucking Big Ten championship against Wisconsin and blew them the fuck out, and then played in the championship and fucking won. And I was like, there is no way you have this much high caliber quarterbacks that can't play in the pros. No, I like, think dude, it was Braxton JT then then Cardell. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. That's, 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 what right. that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. No, but dude, Braxton was that receiver because the opening game of the year they played against. They played Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah, I remember that's that. What, that's when Braxton Miller hit that spin move because that's when I was like, all right, he's not the quarterback. JT. Are we sure that's the same season? I'm looking. I'm looking. I, I don't think that's the same season. I think that's the year after. Dude, was it? No, I think you're game. right. I think you're right because because I think I remember vividly Michigan was playing Ohio State beautifully, like we're beating them. And then their quarterback was playing like shit. He got hurt, and I'm like, fuck. They put in the backup, and he starts lighting us up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, bro? I was so mad. It was crazy. Yeah, at the beginning of the 2014 season, Jones was listed as the third quarterback. So 2014, Ohio State. No, that's the year they won it. That's the year they won it. See, that's the year. Yeah, it was, it was, it was Braxton, and it was Braxton and all yeah, them. Braxton first, and then he got hurt, and then JT – and then, dude, that was insane. See, but yeah. how, do, how do you have all that? Like, what what goes wrong? Like, what are they not teaching them? Or what are they doing at the college level that isn't translating to the pros? Because it has to like, be apparent by now. It's been proven with multiple quarterbacks. It's whatever. proven with every single one. I yeah, feel like so it could what, just be like their like their offense isn't like – it's like RPO. Like, it's like very weird. You know what I'm saying? It's very really like video game-ish. Like, yeah, it doesn't correlate to the pros. Like, they have big plays. Like, you're like, how the – like, they're – I also think it's the talent, bro, because, like, look at it. They're really, really they're, – they're surrounded by top three offense every single year, and then they get drafted high to a shitty team, 
and they can't rely on the big name players anymore. I, I think it's kind of like also is like all those guys that you're listing are like crazy athletes as well. Like they're not like pocket passers where they're like freaking diamond you up. Like they're going, they're going to, they can throw the ball really well. Don't get me wrong, but like they're, they're playmakers too. Like they're not sitting back there like Trevor Lawrence and dotting you up. Like they're freaking going to roll out. They could run for fucking 50 yards and sauce your ass on the way there. And yeah. they'll throw a dot, but like they're not it's like just, gonna sit back. It's like one of those like like if CJ Stroud's a bust, they gotta low key look into it because like yeah, right. Because he's talented. It's just so common, bro. It's so common every yeah. year. They suck in the NFL, and I don't get it at all. I mean, yeah, I, it's like, and it's not even like a conspiracy. Like they literally all suck. <laughs> it makes it's no like, sense. But yeah, so I we're mean, all rocking. Uh, we're all rocking Ohio State there, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I'm gonna go like I'm gonna go like close first half, but then I'm gonna go like Ohio State wins like, fuck. I'm gonna go like 31-14. I think they're gonna. I think that they'll. It'll be close in the first half, like a ten to seven, and then Notre Dame's just not gonna be good. They're gonna be. So the, we got a weird one. We got Utah at UF. Mm. Give me. I don't Utah. really know much about Utah. I don't really. Know I know they're good. UF. UF is so I don't know who's their head coach again the uh, the dude from was he from Liberty no he's from uh, Lafayette um, okay Lafayette why can't I remember his name let me look they yeah I mean are they starting Anthony Richardson what the hell is his name I can't... yeah 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 uh, their backup I don't remember his name either I'm drawing blanks on everything he just went to Arizona State to play under Herm Herm Edwards it was Billy Billy Napier Napier, Napier yeah Napier oh. but um. I I've been I'm trying to get into contact with some of their guys at UF to bring them on to the pod and talk a little bit about what they think about Napier. So I don't know too much from the inside. Obviously, on the outside, it sounds good. Like they're never going to make it sound bad. So it's like really hard to truly know what's going on there. Um, with Utah though, like I, they're sneaky good. They're like, sneaky they're good, but they don't win big games. Who? What did what was their let me look at their stuff from last they're year? They're sneaky like, good. They're sneaky good with sneaky talent, but they don't win huge games. They win the games. Utah, Utah wins the games they're supposed to win every year. They win the games they're supposed to win. I I see Utah. I haven't found a name for it yet, but I want to find it. Utah is that college team that when you need a team to expose a fraudulent good team, yes. you, send, you, yeah. you send you send the fucking Utes yeah, down <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the youths yeah. are gonna pull out a fucking like forty two to fourteen ass whooping, yeah. and then they'll go yeah. back to, and then they'll go right like literally the week after Lose they're like Colorado. <laughs> Carlston Southern, and it's like they lose twenty one seventeen. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what <laughs> it's like no, but you're wait. that's that's spot on though. That's no, no, no I'm, literally, I'm literally every year they like I I'll, I'll never forget because it's happened the past two years now. I will literally be out at like the wharf at like Fort Lauderdale. It's like 1 a.m. in the morning and it'll be like it'll be like oh my god breaking news like it is like the fourth quarter Utah and UCLA have scored like 10 touchdowns in the last seven minutes like here's the highlights and I'm just like standing in the bar like wow is Utah good and then I have no idea I I literally have no fucking clue and then I look at the end of the year and it's like up Utah they're either ranked like 24th no here's how it is every year they're preseason ranked like 2025 range and they'll finish like middle of the pack 15 or they're completely unranked will lose will lose the games that they're supposed to win and then win games that they're not supposed to win. And and or, like right. or or what they do a lot too is they go two and three their first three games and then blow everybody out. Yeah. And yeah. Like, in like at like nine or eight and then get in a big bowl game. Where yeah. is this game at? They, are these games all neutral? No, I think this one's at UF. This one's at Ooh, UF. That's gonna be tough. I'm gonna go UF then just because but UF is kind of fra- UF is kind of frauds to me. 
I, I got to go in two ways. I think it either goes – I think either, I think it's a blowout either way. I don't think it's a good game. I think, I okay. think, I think Anthony Richardson can't get an offense fast enough to match with Utah, and Utah mops them, and they win by, like, a high-scoring offensive battle, or UF beats them in, like, a 21-10 to 10 game that's, like, an ass-whooping, just, like, slow and controlled, and they just run – they just drain that clock and they use that. But Utah's defense is usually pretty good. I take it back. I think Utah's just gonna go into the swamp and fuck them up. I take it back. Yeah. I'm gonna just go that just because I don't really. I feel like UF is so like undisciplined. They're so I don't know how the yeah. new coach will have them. Bro, bro, but Moen, they, they look like shit. UF is Alabama, but like a tier below. Like they yeah, have like everything to be them, and they just for some reason they can never get a good quarterback. Yeah. Their defense is always either filthy or awful. Like it, it makes oh, no bro. sense. They could. No. They can't cover anybody. They could not cover the past two years. I'm like watching them. I'm like, this is a fucking eight yards a clip every time. They can't tackle. They can't cover. I'm like, yeah, they can't tackle. The they can never tackle. They can never tackle. Except Jordan They're Young. Sorry. Except Jordan Young. Shout out Jordan yeah. Young. Shout out. Jordan. <laughs> um, the one thing I will say is the last time, or when I think of UF and I think of the word undisciplined, I think back to 08 UF, which scares the shit out of me, and that kind of reminds me of exactly what uh Richardson is for UF that man I I literally do not have an answer for when I watch him play I literally have no idea what the fuck he's gonna do with the football and that absolutely terrifies me because he is one of the best athletes I've seen with a football yeah he's a freak that man yeah dude but I think he's gonna get injured yeah I would never I would never watch it he's gonna get injured yeah, I, I would never wish the injury bug on anyone I don't I don't I'm not wishing it on yeah, no no I I, I know that I know I don't I don't want to put that out there but if he stays healthy throughout the year, discipline or not, I, I'm just excited to see what he'll do. I'm more curious to see what he'll do for that program rather than the success of the program itself. Yeah, so you guys know the you guys know the backstory to him, to like why he chose UF. I I don't I don't know. I don't know. Born and raised in Gainesville, was like a high recruited quarterback, like a four star, five star, something crazy. That it only wanted to play at UF. Grew up his whole life going to all the UF games. Wanted to be a UF Gator. And he wears 15 because Tim Tebow is his favorite player. And he like, got mm. permission from Tim Tebow to wear that number. And he called, they call him AR 15. And like, that's a lit nickname. Yeah. Too. And he's wanted to be, he's wanted to, uh, he want, he's wanted to play there forever. So like, I kind of respect him in that. And look, I'm not wishing an injury upon this kid. That's not what I meant by that. What I mean by it is I think he's going to do too much. I don't think his offense has enough weapons for him and he's going to get frustrated and he's going to get flustered and he's going to end up, overdoing it and he's gonna it could cause an injury it could cause him to wear and tear throughout the season like that he's gotta sense. be yeah he's gotta freaking like do everything himself damn exactly man. And that's what i'm saying i think it's gonna cause him to get not injured but it could change his play it, it, you don't want to do that you never want a quarterback yeah. that has to go above and beyond you want them to do you want to give a quarterback a list of things and then they just knock out that list you know i wonder like like there's a difference between like being like a really good quarterback and like winning games or like kind of being like not like a stat stuffer but you know what I mean like where some guys like put up crazy numbers but like they just never can win like I wonder if that's how this UF team is going to be because like he, yeah, I feel like I he's gonna have you yeah. know what I mean like he might like have Mahomes like, in college yeah exactly like he's just fucking going nuts and like doing everything he can but like they just can't pull out a game mm-hmm. because the rest of the team ain't it I could see that I could I, I, think, I think it could be that or it could be their offense just gets no production at all yeah, like who are their receivers? Exactly. Exactly. Who's their running back, bro? And they lost like they lost like some old like I feel like they lost a good amount of people like some. Yeah, like, no, old they, they lost. I'm pretty sure they lost all three of their running backs. Yeah, they did. Pierce, Malik, uh, and, and, and then, uh, like, another kid. They, they're gone. And I think uh, I don't know. I feel like they lost. They definitely lost a receiver. I know that they lost a starting corner. They had they lost. Either. Yeah, they're gonna be. They're in trouble. Oh, that dude's nice. I fuck yeah. with him. 
Yeah, they're. I think. They're so we're all, all right. So so I'm gonna go. Like I said, if I had to pick one, I think I'm gonna go UF just because it's at home. But I also would not be shocked if Utah runs it up on them. So that's my prediction. I'm gonna go Utah, 28-17. Um, just because it's early in the season, I'm probably gonna go Florida. Um, I agree with Grayson said probably a more slow, controlled game. I just as much as much as I try to call out SEC supremacy, I catch myself favoring them a lot in matchups and oh, I kind of they're, they're the best conference like you can you yeah. don't have to like them. I, don't don't you dare say that they're the best, <laughs> they're the best the, conference. On, honestly the way I see it ended up it's probably going to be around like 20 28 21 and then I'm probably say I I could see AR15 running for over 100 yards I think yes. he's going to have yes he's going to have he's going to have to yeah it's hard I, for me to pick Utah when they're when they're at Florida but like fuck it I think I don't. Florida has to prove hasn't proven shit to me. Facts. Yeah. So uh, we talked a lot of college football. Um, Caleb, you want to talk a little bit about the Heat forcing Game Seven against oh, the Celtics? Dude, that game last night was pretty nutty. Like it was going back and forth. I mean, okay. So the the winners got to play the Warriors. So they're going. The the, the Celtics kind of just folded because now they got to go back to the fucking mm-hmm. back to Miami and win this. And like that's gonna be tough. I don't know who's gonna win. I think that the I think I really think that the Warriors win the whole thing either way. But I think that both their rosters are so talented, bro. I, I think that – I'm going to just go – I think the Heat are going to w- close it out at home, bro. I feel like that they got, like, Jimmy Butler, like, Duncan Robinson, that he's going to – he might just go nuts. Like, you never know who's going to go Hero, nuts. Is Hero back this game? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. The injuries are kind of uh, yeah. weird. I don't I, – I feel like he probably – he might play. I don't even know what happened to him. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's a knee injury. Mm. Um, he hasn't played last – three games um the one thing i will say is i think the celtics have been the best team a boston fan by the way yeah yeah I, bro i love the celtics i want the celtics to win yeah so the way i see it is um i'll start i'll start with the game last night um so it was a 111 104 yep. victory for the heat it was 99 99 at one point the celtics had come all the way back and then you go in, you go into the fourth quarter, you tie the game up. This is supposed to be where you pull away. You're at home. You just got momentum. You made back back threes with, uh, with Derek White. He's literally been carrying you all game. He went and nuts. And then in the fourth quarter, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combining for, for two field goal attempts the entire fourth quarter, and then Tatum having all four turnovers in that fourth quarter between the two. That cannot happen. Too much. He's trying to do too much. They were up like the, Zach, weren't they up like three at one point? Like I was I was thought that they, that's when they was, were about to pull away. It was 97-94. And then yeah, right there. The the problem is it's not that Tatum wasn't doing too much. It's that you can't have selective aggressiveness. Like you can't shoot. Like I understand you want to like kind of pace it out where it's like, all right, you wanna you wanna be like full capacity when you go out of this drive. So like you get the buckets you need for your team, but like you make it painfully obvious when Marcus Smart has been the primary ball handler coming down the court and then suddenly Tatum starts to take over and then now you want to set up a five wide and you want to try to go one-on-one. Like, no, Heat don't work like that. They're going to bring you – they're going to allow you to drive inside and then they're going to bring that secondary help, which we yeah, saw they, a lot of. Like, for example, they got the switch they wanted with Tatum on Struess. Tatum did exactly what he was supposed to do. Struess baited him into taking the lane. He took the lane the moment he tried to go for a spin move. He had PJ Tucker and fucking Jimmy Butler, yeah, picking him down for steals. That can't happen. If you're gonna, if you know the Heat 
are forcing double teams on your best player, draw the double team kick out to the open man. Let your role players beat them. You saw Grant Williams has it when he dropped 27 against Milwaukee or whatever. You know Al Horford's been big time this entire playoff run. The man has played. He had some clutch games last night. He had some clutch Yeah, he did. Al Horford has played, and I, they showed us Alex. I think it's like his 140th playoff game, and he hasn't been in the. He hasn't been to the finals once. He hasn't been to the finals once, dude. I am so tired of every Celtics team making it to the conference finals and fucking blowing. And I mean, Derek White's been snapping too. Like you guys have, like you got the pieces. I feel like some some of the possessions are just like, like I remember Marcus Smart shot a three, and I was like, fuck, like he he's not like a, he's not a shooter like that. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I was like, oh, fuck, like, this is looking bad. Yo, regardless, though, you got to admit, this has been one of the most fun conference finals. Like, oh, yeah. It's I'm, so unpredictable. Every game is so unpredictable. I love, yeah. and I love, like, both their rosters, too. I don't even cheer for an NBA team, but I love Tatum. I love Jalen Brown. I like Marcus Smart. And then on the other side, I love Jimmy Butler. I like Duncan Rock. Like, I, I love, like, all the players. Like, it's a definitely, it's a good matchup for, it's a good I matchup like, for and sure. We were talking about it last night when we were watching the game. And something that I always praise Jimmy Butler for is, like, First of all, he's a dog. He dropped 47. I love him. Dude's a dog. Dude's a dog. And he's been a dog. And he's and no one ever believed in him. They didn't believe in him when his last with the Bulls. When he was on the Timberwolves, he literally beat the starters with the third stringers in practice and was talking smack. Like he's always yeah, been a dog. Him. But the yeah. thing is, is he has games like last night where he puts up 47 and he and his stats show how good he is. And then he has games where his, his stats are like they're pretty solid, but if you watch the game, he's the reason they won that game. He's a yeah, like he's impacting the game general. outside of just scoring. Yes, he exactly. the game he's, he's better yeah. than off the stats. Like he'll play lockdown yeah. defense. He controls the floor. He gets the ball moving right, and the players play behind him. You know, yeah. and someone made a reference to LeBron, and I kind of, I kind of agree. As a leader, he's kind of like a, he's kind of like LeBron in that sense. Like he'll yeah. have games where his stats aren't off the charts, but if you watch the game, he impact. Like he's the reason that everything moved the way it did. Yeah, like he'll have games where he has twelve points, but like, whatever. Like they're they're winning, and like he, yeah, he, like you said, he's fucking playing great defense. Like he's probably had like two blocks, three steals. Like he's diving on the floor, like tested every shot. Even like even shit like as little as like bro, just encouraging like his teammates and shit like that. Where like he's just lifting people up because he has that level of respect. Like that shit really matters. So like yeah, he definitely is like their most important player. So I do 100%. agree that that the Warriors are probably gonna win it all. I fucking hate the Warriors. But I think the Celtics have a better shot matchup wise than me than too. Me too. I want the Celtics to win. I want, I the, want the Heat to win because of South Florida, of course. But eh, I, I think I, don't I think the Celtics. The I think the Celtics have more depth that can that fear that that not fear the the Celtics bring more to the table for Golden State to have to worry about than I think the Heat do. Yeah, they like down, like if they shut down uh, Jimmy Butler. It's gonna be really hard for the rest of the team to to. To keep that game, yeah, there's more there, and like because Kyle Lowry's not it. I don't know, he's not it. And Oladipo's solid, but he's not going to carry. He's been he's been out too many. He's been out like two years. He's still getting his shit back. You can see he's rusty as hell, and he's really like that when he's going. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, that Um, should be something to look. Yeah, two things. Kyle Lowry is a thick man's Chris Paul, Uh, (laughs) and number two. I think the Celtics are still going to pull out the win in game seven. The only reason I say this is because it's very rarely you're going to see Tatum lay a goose egg back to back games. Now, I know it's hard to say he, he laid a goose egg. Oh, he had 30 points. He had 30 and nine. He did not have the 30 and nine you typically expect from a, yeah. from a game. Like if Tatum's going out and especially uh, Jalen Brown uh, with the two missed free throws late in the game, that kind of killed the momentum. Um, he just that had a bad. game. I'd, I 
I don't love seeing it, obviously, but from what I've seen this year, they've done a great job of bouncing back from really tough losses. Uh, what really changed my mind for the Celtics this entire year was it was in that Milwaukee series where they lost that crucial game to go down three to two. Everyone thought it was over there. You failed to get a rebound off the free throw. You end up losing the game. It was terrible. You end up winning back-to-back games to claim the series off the defending champions. That gave you all the hype in the world. You go into this heat series, every game up until this like last one has been a fucking blowout. Like you're just blowing each other out. You haven't played consistently. Finally, we're starting to see consistent basketball towards the end. And for this game seven, I've, I think Tatum is finally going to get back into his groove, which he has been this entire series, this entire year. And I think they'll be able to close it out. I think Jimmy's just done too much this entire series. He's literally been putting his body through hell. I have nothing but the utmost respect for him, but I just don't see him getting it done in seven. Yo, but it, being in Miami is huge, bro. I know that's tough. That is a, definitely a huge factor. That's, that, that's that, a that game. Is, that's a factor in the game. That arena is going to be going nuts. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the Celtics went to Milwaukee and took it from Milwaukee. Yeah, but and- it's not game seven of the conference championship. That's the difference. And I feel like the Heat fans are more rowdy than Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You think so? Yeah, you I think agree. off the defending champs, dude? I, dude, I don't know. Milwaukee. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just talking about Dude, I, I, I think <laughs> the community of Miami is going to go nuts for this game tomorrow. I think it's going to be – and it's on Memorial – or no, it's on Memorial. It's the day before Memorial Day. People are going to go nuts because no work on Monday. Oof. Oof. And and we can sit here and say, oh, that doesn't matter. We we were all athletes. That definitely fucking matters. That yeah. definitely matters. That's tough. Yeah. All I'll say is, I I'm not I'm not putting a prediction because I have with the way the series the way this series has been, I could see either team blowing each other out. I could see either team barely winning. Like it could go any way, which makes it must watch. I hope it's a close one. That's all I want. Biggest I hope thing. It's a close one. Yeah, biggest thing I'd say to look for in the matchup, though, is I would like to see Miami go back and utilize Bam Adebayo when they did in their blowout win against um, the Celtics. When If the Celtics decide to roll out Tice a little more, I don't know how Robin Williams or Robert Williams, Williams. is doing. <laughs> yeah, Robert. I don't know how Robert Williams is doing coming off his like injury. I know they've been trying to like kind of spot his minutes, like kind of cut down, make sure he doesn't re-injure himself. But when you have Tice on the floor, Bam Adebayo eats. That man put up a ridiculous stat line. I forget which game it was, but he ate. And, and the Heat won that game. If you can get Bam rolling and kind of take the pressure off of Lowry, Struess, especially Jimmy, you just need Jimmy to be able to relax for once in his fucking yeah. life. And I don't know how he isn't bald yet. He's the long-lost son of fucking Michael Jordan. That man that man needs a break for once in his life. And if they want to, if they want that to happen, they need Bam to get rolling on the Celtics side of things. Um, Tatum has to be Tatum. And then Jalen Brown, do your thing dog. You average 24 this series. You've averaged 24 for the playoffs. We just need that from you. Tatum's going to give you what you expect from him. Smart's going to play lockdown defense. Like he always does. He's the defensive player of the year for a reason. You know what you have in your roster. Don't try to complicate things. You've been doing it all year. You know what, you know what your team produces, just fucking act like it. It's gonna, it's gonna be a good ass game. It, oh, last yeah. night, last night was a great fucking game too. Amazing. I hate it. I'm gonna, it ended, but I'm gonna switch sides and just go Celtics because I want the Celtics to win, and I'd rather see fucking Marcus Smart guard Steph Curry than Kyle Lowry. So yeah, go Celtics. Oh my god, I didn't even thinking about that. You don't just put Jimmy B on him. You don't just say fuck Oof. it. 
I guess you could because Jimmy's only like six four, so like he's not even like he's like six eight where he's like you know what I'm saying like Jimmy I guess could guard him. I don't know what they would do, but then who yeah. the fuck is Kyle Lowry gonna guard? Like yeah. Jordan Poole, he's about to get cooked. Yeah. I don't know, man. Kyle, Kyle Lowry's pretty sick, dog. He... I don't like him. I hate his <laughs> Zach's game. Really stressing the thickness on Kyle Lowry. Bro, bro you have no idea. when I when you watch him play, it makes no sense because he's like. He literally looks like that kid in middle school who – you know who he is? You know who he is? He's literally Gunther. He's literally Gunther. Gunther is just this stout body who you look at and you're like, yeah, this guy probably doesn't play any sports. And then it's literally like 100 miles an hour doing everything. And you're like, okay, like this man is literally the physical embodiment of a brick, but okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, it's been – the playoffs have been very exciting this year especially. Um for some reason, I feel like it's always better without LeBron, even though I love watching LeBron. There's too James, much but... emphasis on him. There's too yeah. much. Too much yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's good to bring up LeBron once in a while, but when literally, like, dude, the other day, they're covering the Heat, and the, the main topic storyline was about how the Lakers signed a new head coach. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? They're, they're, they're in the middle of the conference finals, and you want to talk about signing a head coach? Wait, wait, wait till the offseason, dog. Like, so, signing I, a head coach to a team that didn't even make the fucking playoffs. Yeah. Who gives the Lakers a Lakers were sorry. Okay, okay, and, and let's be let's be really honest. Who's the head coach? Who's the head coach of the Lakers? Who who's really the head coach of the Lakers? Oh, Not who? It's Lebron. Yeah, it's Legm. <laughs> it's Lebron. It's Legm. Yeah, but um, yeah. So big game tomorrow, or yeah, tomorrow. Let's move on from that. So some MMA. We're gonna talk about Patty Pimlet signs a new fi- new fight. I actually really really like this fight a lot. So Patty's 18 and three. He's coming off of four straight first round finishes. He's uh kind of, they're kind of trying to make him the next Connor because he's got that he's got that accent from um he's a scouser. So he's got that accent. He's good. The dude's good, very good. But you know, the UFC's doing their typical let's feed him, let's feed him easy fights, build his name, build everything up. They even gave him this fight in his hometown in England. Damn. And so this fight's gonna happen on the London card again. I do think he's good. And the thing I like about this fight is this is an actual test. Like this, this is like Jordan Levy is a, a legitimate fighter. He's 10 and one, seven of his 10 wins are by finish and six of them are by submission fights out of syndicate MMA in, in Las Vegas, which is an extremely good camp. I could see him trying to take it to the ground instantly and just not even trying to say, fuck it with the, with the striking. Um, I, I, I went in Vegas not too long ago. I, I rolled with Jordan Levy a little bit and really? the jujitsu is disgusting. Like his pressure is so like, He's very, very, very good on the ground. Is now he's striking like the best. Is that his thing? Like his thing. Patty's like, more of a striker, but he does have up. he does have solid ground game. Okay. I just like it because I think it's a good test. You know, some the UFC has a trend of either just feeding you sorry guys for a long time, or they're giving you a way too hard guy right off the bat. So I feel like it's a very perfect middle match that's going to actually. Patty's not going to put him asleep in the first. Like he's just not. What, when is this fight? Um, July. Okay, July. So like, okay, I believe it's July. I believe it's July twentieth. Uh, to be completely honest, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The longer, uh, or I don't say the longer, but the deeper we get into UFC's, I guess, career as a whole, uh, I'm starting to lose my favoritism with strikers. Um, I just feel like the ground game has become the end all be all for yeah, MMA, they... especially. Um, we've seen it. I mean, even talks now when we talk about the Makachev Oliveira matchup, like people are already saying Makachev's a favorite just because of how dominant his ground game is. But like, 
specifically with Patty going against Levitt. Um, I don't like how Patty's first test is not with another striker of his caliber, but it's with someone that is um, a worse matchup for him. Um, I don't think it's good going into it, but I do think it's a great test to see where Patty actually stands as a, as a rounded fighter. We've seen the striking. We've seen he's, his ability with putting fighters out in early rounds, but can he win those dog fights? Um, is he able to bounce back from a round where he just got dogged on the ground? Is he going to be able to survive a round where he has to empty the gas tank early and he has to fucking catch his breath again? Like we haven't seen these things from him as a fighter that we'd like to see. So um, I do think this is the perfect matchup to see what Patty's made of. I don't know if it's the perfect matchup um, to see if he's a real fighter or not though, but um, either way, I am looking forward to it. I think it's about time that we start exposing hype trains a little early. Um, I think Dana's trying to go a little too much with the boxing route of trying to like eliminate zeros off of guys things, but um, you know, you can't run in the UFC. The we're not that deep into the sport where we have like 50 guys per division. Um, you got to prove yourself sooner or later and Patty's times now. So either has it or he doesn't, but I, I agree think that I, uh, beating Jordan Levitt does not make him a, a, a contender. That's not what I'm saying, but it makes him legitimate, a legitimate UFC rostered yeah. fighter. Yeah. Jordan Levitt, like in the UFC, there's guys that, that shouldn't be in there. There's guys that are very legit. That'll probably never touch a belt, but like they'll, they're, they're solid. And then you have your, like your contenders. And I think Jordan Levitt's a solid middle guy. He's a, he's a guy who, if you, if, if you lose to him, you're probably not too ready to be in the UFC. But if you beat him, you you, you showed that like all right, you're, get, you're getting over the hump. Exactly, that's a very yeah. legitimate, respected fighter, and I think that's why I like this fight a lot. And like Zach said, it's gonna it's gonna test his character. Patty's cockiness and 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 his is like I just run through everyone. He's not gonna run through Jordan Levitt. He's not. He's gonna even if he beats him, it's gonna be a, a it's it's gonna take a lot for him to beat him. Like it's a good fight, you know. Yeah, so it's exciting to see. Like it it might be a little boring, honestly, because he's gonna be tested. You know, but that, that's a fight as, as someone that's not a regular that actually enjoys watching the fight. It's fun to watch, you know. So I, I don't know who's going to win. I just I like that fight a lot. I liked what y'all were saying about like this is like a good test because four straight first round finishes like that's a lot like four fights yeah. in a row first round. So like we'll see like this will really be a test. Like can he go up like a whole is it five rounds? It'll three, be three. Five? It'll be three OK, three, like can he go a whole three rounds? Like because like, you know, from fighting, I mean, I. That shit is so tiring. It just you're, mm-hmm. if they're gassed at the end, bro. Like, can yeah. he really make it? Can he make Especially it? Especially if it's a ground, if it's a ground dominant yeah. fight. That's yeah, gonna like, gas him. Yeah, like this will this will really be like a test of like his fundamentals and like what he's really like how skillful he is for like not on um, not being on stand up and striking. So yeah, and, I, and I like I like Patty. I think he's fun. I think he's good for the sport. Um, I just I don't like the I don't like the the unprofessionalism of him that a lot of people like. Like, I think he's funny. I think he's good. And I like, I like the accent. I like all that. But the thing about Connor was Connor was extremely professional in everything he did. And Patty's not. Patty's still kind of like a kid. Like, like you're yeah. 20, what, he's 28, 27. Like, why, why are you blowing up and eating cake after a fight, bro? Like, I get Dude, it. He gets fat as fuck. And, I, and listen, I get it if you're an amateur and I get it if you're like, like a high school wrestler, but you're a UFC fighter now, bro. Stay in shape. That shit's going to, that's just going to lead to injury. That's just going to, you're going to get a weight cut. You miss weight. Like, the, the, it's it's good the dude the week after your fight get as fat as you want but then you instantly get back to it bro like you should he be like ready and, and what i don't like about it too is with his start to rise his rise to stardom it being in the sport is it's, it's a bad example for kids like kids that are wrestlers or kids that are fighters that's not how you should be you should never you should never be trying to add extra weight to cut like that's bad that's not good that's not good so you know maybe this is the fight that humbles him and he becomes more professional but like 
when you compare him to Connor, Connor was always professional, always professional. So yeah, who's I, it? my bad. Go ahead. The one, the one thing I was going to say is you talk about professionalism with Connor, but I think a lot of people might get misconstrued because Connor brought a lot of disrespect, not to the sport, but just like in kind of like how he carried himself. Like he was kind of like, just fuck you, everyone else. Like I'm the man type of deal. But he was still professional about it. He never brought the sport down in any way. Like, like you brought on Patty Kimblett's case, he doesn't set a good standard for fighters. Connor set the standard for fighters. He just talked a little differently. Like he just, he was a little more outgoing with how he thought about his own fights. And that's completely fine. It's okay to talk yourself up. It's okay to carry yourself in a certain way as long as you don't bring um, any disrespect to the sport. Connor never missed weight. Connor always fucking came to fights and brought a show with him like connor was always prepared and that always took hard fights too connor took hard fights that's the thing that's the thing about professionalism with the ufc that i think a lot of times uh, goes disregarded is if you're always making weight if you're always taking the fight and you're always putting on a show for the fans you're free to do whatever you want Mm -hmm. you you no one is going to complain as long as you are holding up your end of the bargain and you're the ufc will allow you to do it your way which i think i'm a big proponent of is not everyone carries themselves carries themselves the same. And I think we see that in a lot of people's um, press conferences. Like you see some guys are a lot more outgoing on the mic and the UFC allows them to express themselves. Whereas some guys don't really want to be on the mic. They don't want, they only want to answer like a question or two. That's fine. They might not get as much notoriety, but they still carry a level of professionalism with them. And I think with Patty, you kind of get to, we, you kind of, with Patty, I kind of see it as like, you're bringing too much entertainment into the aspect like this is a wwe like this is a sport where people where people are going out people are going out to murder each other but you can you can like show patty is like kind of like oh he's the funny like playoff of the ufc but at the end of the day patty is still going into a cage to fucking murder someone Mm -hmm. like that like you like if you want to be a ufc fighter because it's funny because you want to be like a jokester like patty you're, you're gonna get hurt you're gonna seriously get yourself hurt so I just have a problem with the way they kind of portray Patty to the world from the UFC's perspective. Clownish. But, clownish. Yeah. It, it's, it's, clown, it's clownish behavior, but I'm a firm believer that um, the sports gods will straighten that out. If they're like, if Patty wants to continue to act like they and they want to continue portraying him that way, then he's going to run into an opponent that's going to treat it like a fucking, like it's his life and he's, he's going to beat him like his life depends on it. Edo so, Vera versus Sugar Sean. That's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. And I and I I love Sean O'Malley, but I'm not stupid enough to say that he's gonna be a champion. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like he's I, never he, fighting hard. Like he's never taken Grayson. That's why I asked you the other day. I'm like, does he like who's he fighting? Cheeto like Vera, no, no, Cheeto Vera is a dog, but yeah, Cheeto's I know, but I'm saying like, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like he hasn't the last dude. His he next fight's legit like, as fuck. Pedro Munoz, he fights him on the yeah, easy card. Very, very, very good fight. Okay, good. Then we'll very see about fight. that. And he's never been knocked out. And that's so Sean's going to go three. They're going to go three rounds. Yeah, I'm a, I'm excited for Sean because Sean even came out and said himself, he's like, I'm an entertainer first. He's like, I don't really care about belt chasing any of this. He's like, I, he's like, I just want to put on a show. And hey, for prelims and like maybe like opening up a main card, that's great for like showing fans like, oh, here's a bunch of cool like kicks and shit. Like that's fine. But as long as he acknowledges. He's not getting any title shot anytime soon. That's fine. Well, Don't now, now he's now he's going on the path of it. Now see, he's trying to hunt it. See, if, if he's going on a path now, then then yeah, you you might want to go away from all the kind of capoeira style where you do a lot of crazy kicks and stuff. Maybe like solidify. Like I know he says he's worked a lot on his ground game. I don't know what belt he is at jujitsu. 
Yeah, that, hey, listen, listen, real quick, talking to you, that doesn't mean shit, dude. There's there's yeah. gyms that give kid guys belts just because they're fame and like that. That should happen yeah. all the time. If he, if he, if if Sean really wants to prove himself as like a legitimate all around fighter, I need to see some ground game. Like I need to see some. Because all I see now is like he lands a solid punch, and rather than press the guy on the ground and end it by throwing some like good ground and pound, he literally just like get back up. He's like, I want to end you with like a three sixty crank kick, like. Bro, come on. Sean, though, if you if you're if you're a main event fighter, he's the dream matchup for your opening pay per view. He's the greatest opening pay per view fighter of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, greatest opening pay per view. He, he will set the tone. Yeah, he he's gonna he if you throw him on a pay per view card and it's like the buys aren't that good and you throw him on the the first fight, he, instantly Twitter's gonna skyrocket with whatever he did and that card's gonna blow up. Like he's the dream fighter for an opening a pay per view. Yeah. Yeah, especially because there's a lot of the times where I won't even know, like, especially for the lesser fight cards, like, I won't know that they're on just because they're not as advertised as much. But if I'm scrolling on uh, Twitter and I see, like, oh, great first round finish by this prelim fighter, and I'm like, wow, that was actually a really cool thing, I might tune into it. I might look at it. If you forgot that card was going on and you check Twitter and you see Sean O'Malley just landed a crazy-ass knockout, you're, you're, you might want to tune into that. It's going to make you want to tune in. So those are the things you kind of need. Like, it's like, I understand you only want winners on your roster, but look at Justin Gaethje. Gaethje hasn't won all his fights, but that man has put on a fucking mm. performance of the night. Or, every or night. like a cowboy or somebody like that. Or, or like or Chandler cowboy. too. Yeah, or Chandler, Chandler yeah. He's, he's my favorite. Chandler's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. These are all dogs that despite win or lose, they put on a fucking show and I love to watch it. That's why like, I don't, I'm glad the UFC isn't so much winning based. Like I know the ultimate goal is belts, but the fans still care so much about fights that aren't for belts. We still watch those th- like those yeah. three round prelim cards between up up and coming fighters and like those proven guys that are like going towards the end of their career. Like we like watching it all. Like we're still gonna watch. So I hope the UFC doesn't deviate from that. But I'm I'm excited where the UFC's at now. I'm really excited with all that. Um, moving into other sports news, um, we finally got some baseball. I've been disregarding our baseball fans out shout there. Shout out Phil Hobbs. Yeah, shout out <laughs> Philip Hobbs, big time fan, and wanted to see some baseball. So let's talk about it. Um, in recent MLB news, I know we're earlier in the season, but we have some drama. Tommy Pham, a player for the San Francisco Giants, reportedly is being investigated for an incident with Jock Peterson. Apparently, during batting practice, a dispute broke out over BP, which caused Fam to pimp slap Jock Peterson, a la Will Smith style. Both players seem remorseful and apologetic about it, saying they don't want to be a distraction to the team, yet the MLB is investigating. So apparently, some background on this situation is they were doing BP. Apparently, before this, Fam and Jock had never had any, like, talks. Like, they had never really interacted with each other. They got into an argument over fantasy football over, like, IR players. And then... <laughs> Straight up walked up to him and bitch slapped the shit out of him. That was it. Dugouts separated them. They both apologized, saying happened, whatever. They're coming off. They're coming off some losses. So, like, you know, the tension's high in the dugout. You're not performing how you want. You're a little annoyed. There's two things. There's two things about this that I wanted to talk about. Number one, I don't know how you guys feel about organizations um, meddling with organ with uh, team related issues, like. For example, if an issue is going on between like within a team, like interpersonal, like whether it be 
coach to player, player to player, GM to player, whatever the dynamic may be between it. I don't like the MLB stepping in as soon as they did. Let teams sort out their own issues before you try to start policing them. We're, there's no reason a guy needs to be suspended if, if his own teammate is literally standing there being like, oh, yeah, it was no big deal. Why, why are you stepping in making a bigger deal about it when their own team can handle their own issues? Number two, I completely understand smacking someone over fantasy football because fantasy, <laughs> anything goes in fantasy football. You talk shit about fantasy football, anything can happen. So I just wanted your guys' opinions on what you think about the governing body of sports, so such as like MLB, um, meddling within organizations' affairs. Like, how would you feel about like let's say the NFL getting into an issue with like a football team between players? It, he didn't punch him; he slapped him, right? He literally just a little like, bro. I think I think you let grown men handle grown men situations. Like, there's no reason, like, right? If they had beef, they could have. They, I think they should have been able to throw hands for five minutes or five seconds and be like, all right, we're cool, we're good. If he punched yeah. him, all right, mate, they're grown fucking men, bro. Like, there's like, a, there's like certain, like, we're like, if you cross a line, you know what I'm saying? But like a little, like a slap, come on. It's not like they were fucking brawling and like yeah. beating the shit out of each other. Even if they were, even if they had a 30 second beef where they threw hands and they were like, all right, we're cool now. Why get involved? Who gives a fuck? They're grown men. I also yeah. think like in like basketball and football, like you think that those players aren't fighting in practice sometimes. Oh, you know what I mean? Like you're time. going like, bro, like all the, the time. Fuck? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, I think the MLB should like they need to just fuck off and not get involved. Bro, like, I've been like in coach. Room, I've been in wrestling rooms where people start fist fighting because that's what I'm saying. And then, like, and then like, after the practice, after the good. practice, like, oh, I love you, brother. I'm sorry, we just got heated. Like yeah. that shit happens all the time. There's like what the MLB yeah. shouldn't even the MLB shouldn't even be like reaching. They should the only thing that maybe they should say is like is everything good? Like they shouldn't be reaching out and investigating. Like if the fucking manager and the players and the team's cool and they have it settled, then leave it the fuck alone. That's all. And that's, making it public. Like, why are you letting everybody yeah, like, know it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just made it worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that's another thing why I will 100% stand by. Rob Manfred is the worst thing to ever happen to fucking I've ever seen in my life. You, you cannot have a guy run your sport that First of all, he referred to your own championship trophy as a piece of metal. He doesn't even value the championship of the sport. He fucking owns and operates. I don't know if he owns it, but operates it. Like, the dude just doesn't have respect for the game. He doesn't understand any of the unwritten rules that go within the sport. He doesn't understand any, like, I don't even think he understands, like, the basics of the game. Like, I truthfully don't. I just feel like he's think a he lawyer. Watches, you think he watches games? <laughs> He, he, he may go to a game to sit down, but he is definitely, like, on his phone the entire he, – he's the guy you bring to a baseball game that, like, you get to, like, the fourth inning and you're like, oh, uh, how much longer are they playing? And you're like, bro, why the fuck did I bring you? Like, what yeah. are you doing here? Like, he, exactly. he, he annoys me so fucking much, and the sport would be so much better off without him, but he's just an overqualified man in the wrong position. Like, yeah, you're a lawyer. You know rules. Cool. Anyone can read a fucking handbook and tell you what should happen. But like when like certain shit goes on that needs like some moral, like you have, like if, if you have a moral dilemma within the sport that you need like a new rule to be implemented, he's not the guy for that because he's not going to understand from either side. He's just going to put it from like a money-making perspective. I feel like that's how he just looks at the game is from a money-making perspective. How can he improve the game? And he doesn't really care about the fans. I don't think he cares about the players at all or the organizations. So I, agree. I mean, 
yeah i'm not even big into baseball like that but like the way that he handled the whole like astro shit and then referring to the stuff as a piece of metal like that shit really like that fucked the game up so bad and i don't even i like baseball but like i don't pay attention as much as some people but like the way that he handled that was fucking nuts and then also what do you think of like the unspoken rules like some of like the when like teams are getting fucking clobbered and they put someone in and they're throwing it and they're just hitting dingers and people are getting pissed i I look at it in two ways, and it's both the same way. Baseball is the only sport where – well, it's not the only sport, but it's a, it's one of the only team sports where, like, there's not a clock involved. You can't – it's yeah. not like in football where, like, you have a big lead, you can take a knee. I don't care if you're up 200 to nothing or one to nothing. You still have to pitch me the ball, and I still have to try to score runs, and you still have to put me out. If, yeah. if I'm up 10 nothing in the first – you may come back over those nine innings and put up 10 runs because I put up 10 runs in one fucking inning. You can do the same shit. I don't understand about this unwritten rule shit. And another thing is when they get mad about players, like hitting home runs off position players that you put in, dude, their contracts are decided based off the stats they put up through the entire year. Them, them taking that one at bat off just to make you feel better about, feel better about themselves might be like the point three difference and then making a million extra dollars or not. Why like, is it my fault that you guys suck? Yeah. yeah right. Like <laughs> who's in my fault? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. I, the only thing that I may not understand with is like, if you're up 10, nothing and you put on a suicide squeeze, like, okay, that, that may be a little overdoing it or bunting, bunting or something like that. That Okay. Okay. Th- this is the one thing I will forever hate. If you bunt, with a perfect game or no hitter going on, yeah. And the fuck and you, fuck if you, you, if you, but okay, if it's before, I'll say this: if it's before like the sixth inning, I'll understand a bunt. It's still early in the game; you can still get something going. That'll be fine. If it's later in the game and you just can't figure out what to do with the plate, and you're like, you just oh. want to ruin his perfect game, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to shit on that guy shit. like that. I would do some petty shit you like that. I'd be like, bro, get a hit like a real I man. I don't know if I would bunt. I mean, if I'm fast as fuck and I'm seeing a little like, oh, fuck this game. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. You can bunt. You can bunt. That's fine. But what if, do if not get I think mad. it depends on the situation. If it's like 0-0 zero, zero and I'm trying to get on base, fuck yeah, I'll bunt. No, if it's, it's a perfect game. No, 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 no. It's a perfect. Let's use the scenario. Okay. It's a perfect game. You're the last hitter in the game. And okay. you go to bunt, you're a pussy. Yeah. Okay. Fuck not the you. last hitter in the game. Fuck I you. I wouldn't do that. I'm hit the ball like, like a real man. Okay. That's different. I would hit the ball, but I'm saying zero, zero. Like we're, I'm trying to win the game and it's like the seventh, eighth inning. Like I'm going to butt and get on base and maybe my boy will knock me in. Shit. If I, if I'm fast as shit, I would go, if I'm trying to win, yeah. fuck his game. Yeah, if it, if it, okay, if, it, if it's zero zero one zero, where like that one run, like that's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, you need one base runner. I completely understand it. That's fine. Shit happens. But if you're up, if you're up like <laughs> and your run means nothing, and I see square around to bunt, get the I 100% fuck agree. I 100%, okay, I, I can agree with that. Yo, also, listen, another un- unwritten rule that I actually think is some pussy shit is if if the count's 3 0. And you throw a fastball down the fucking middle. I'm fucking I'm going that, yard. Hit that shit, hit that shit a mile. Going yard, like I'm going yes. Hundred percent. I think that's the stupidest. When they got mad at the Pirates when they did that, like don't throw it down the it. fucking middle. It's your fault. It's three zero. It's not mine. Like yeah. why don't am throw I getting punished down the middle? Don't sport? throw it down the middle. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I'm hitting that. Exactly. I'm hitting. I didn't make the count go three zero. I I I read your pitches. I did my job. I did a good job. 
that I earn a fastball down the middle. I'm going to take it yard. Like, yeah. And what Zach said, man, these guys are trying to like, okay, if I hit another, like one at bat could really be deciding if I get signed another contract or like whatever, like fuck your fastball. I'm hitting that. Sorry. Yeah. Like, sorry, you suck. How, like that goes back. <laughs> How is it my fault that you suck? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Another thing we'll get into, I just want to talk about some early risers and late bloomers. I know we're early in the season, so some teams are underperforming and some teams are overperforming. Um, some early risers I want to look at are the Angels. So the Angels right now are 27 and 20. They're currently second in the division. Mike Trout is back to MVP form already. I think he's doing fantastic. He's on pace for a ridiculous season. Otani is great per usual. He's still picking up where he left off last year from his MVP season, phenomenal. Um, some surprises from them. I see some huge contributions from Jared Walsh, Anthony Rendon, and Taylor Ward. Um, their on-base percentage is ridiculous. I think they're all north of, I know, minimum 300. So they're all getting on base. They're finally contributing. One of the biggest things in the past, though, with the Angels and their issues is pitching. Um, I don't think they have the bullpen there yet. Um, that might take another year or two. But... Um, I am seeing some great strides from Noah Syndergaard and Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers just got drafted, I think, a year ago um, out of Louisville. He's been disgusting. Um, so they're moving in the right direction. I don't think they'll win a ring this year, but I am excited to see Mike Trout finally get into the fucking playoffs. I think it is absolutely ridiculous that the two best players in baseball not only play on the same team, but can't make the fucking playoffs. Um, go figure. Uh, fuck California still. Um, <laughs> right. Right now, they're projected as a 51.4% chance to make the playoffs, according to baseball reference. Another team I want to look at is the, the New York Yankees. Oh, God, I can't even say that. They're 33-13. and 13. They're the hottest team in baseball. I can't deny it. They're first in their division with a 98% chance to make the, play to so make the playoffs. So much the Red Sox this year. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Aaron Judge. And John Carlos Santa played phenomenal. They're finally showing that they are the Bronx Bombers. That's Yo, what they if I'm not be. mistaken, isn't there like a little controversy going on right now with re-signing Aaron Judge? Yes. So um, with this, they do need to re-sign him, and he is going to need a fat fucking deal. Wasn't um, it like like four for forty million or something like really low? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I definitely. Uh, See, that's hard because the way I see it is the Yankees need to resign him. He's a must. What I would do um, from what I have written here is I would let Hicks and Gallo go. You, I know you wanted lefty bats in your lineup because you're dealing with a short porch. You need more lefty bats just to kind of even out your lineup. You already have your power bats from Gallo, or I mean from uh, Stanton and Judge. You don't need Gallo. What you need is some on-base machines, maybe some base ceiling. What I would do is I would go out um, I think they just got Tim LaCastro last year. Huge speedy guy. I'm pretty sure he plays outfield. Put him in center. That is straight speed. You get him on the base pass, that's guaranteed 30, 40 stolen bases a year. That puts guys on for Stanton and Judge to hit their home runs. It allows them to put up their production numbers, and you don't have to worry about sa sacrificing that much in the average. So what if Stanton and Judge aren't putting up 290, 300 batting average? If they're hitting 40, 30 bombs a year, that's all you need out of them. Mm -hmm. Um. Rizzo has finally made huge strides. The, um, sorry, Zach. The other thing about Judge, too, is you're not only losing a statistical like benefit to your team, you're losing low-key the face of the program. Like the one for sure. 
Like he yeah, is yeah. the Yankees. Like, yeah, John Carlos stands huge. Like all these other guys, uh, CC is huge. Like, but, but if you ask a kid right now that follows baseball or like any young kid in America, like who's the first player you name when you think of the Yankees, they're all going to say Aaron judge. And when you're, when you're an organization like the Yankees the culture is huge. Culture is huge for a team like that. So I feel like you definitely want to try to do everything you can to keep them. And dude, put your ego aside, bro. Like, yeah, I know you're the New York Yankees. Keep this man. Like, give him his money. You have the money. He's worth the money. And he yeah. makes you that all that money back with his marketing. Like exactly, you were exactly. Right? Yeah. You're, you're gonna lose that marketing. Yeah. You're the New York Yankees still gonna sell out games, but those jersey sales, I guarantee you, is the highest yeah, exactly. jersey sale for the Yankees right now. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um I completely agree. One of the other things I'll say about the Yankees, because I'll give them their due diligence. Um, I think Rizzo's finally found his groove at Yankee Stadium. Um, coming from the Cubs, I was a little worried. I know they wanted a left-handed bat, but he he worked a lot oppo. Um, so I was surprised about that. Another thing is, um, pitching-wise, huge shout-out um, to Mr. Cortez. Absolutely phenomenal. He's posted a 1.7 ERA to this point. He is your fucking dog story. That guy has worked his ass off to get where he is in the majors. He's undersized. He doesn't throw the hardest. He's just fucking gritty. He puts his nose in the fucking dirt and he goes to work every day. And he, I, he's my favorite player on the Yankees. I don't know how you root against the guy. And they've had phenomenal bullpen outings from Michael King and Clay Holmes, um, who have literally just locked down their bullpen. I think they'll make a deep playoff run this year, honestly. Um, they're going to be hard to beat. But, yeah, that's it for baseball news. I like what I'm seeing so far this year. I hope for a good year. Yeah, and the last thing is just, you know, the Lightning are about to go into the conference championship. You know, they, uh, <laughs> since they got swept by the Blue Jackets in 2019, they had that – they had, they tied the best regular season record of all time that year, 62-16-4. and four. They then got swept by the Blue Jackets. Since then, back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. They have a third – they have a shot at third this season. They just swept the Florida Panthers 4-0, who had the best regular season record at 58-18-6. and And they beat them without Braden Point, who was their second-leading scorer with 28 goals this season behind Stamkos' 42. Lightning are on a 10-0 and in 10 – the last 10 postseason series, and they are 40-16 and in those games. They play the winner of Carolina and Rangers, who play tonight, <clears throat> Saturday – Carolina is up currently three to two for game six tonight at 8 p.m. The Bolts are one and two against Carolina this season, 0 and three versus the Rangers. So, uh, either way, it's going to be a great game. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Caleb, thanks for joining us. Zach, thank thanks you for having me, in. boys. And this is just some guys working. being dudes talking sports. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah.